Welcome to The Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the leader and largest online marketplace for midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. Here we are. We're back. Another episode of The Landlord Diaries. It's your host, Kelly Bailey in the Austin, Texas area. I am a midterm rental enthusiast, and we just love bringing you stories every week. Hopefully, eventually, Katie, my goal is to have one from every state. So I'm excited to announce when we get there. Uh, And my wonderful co-host, what's going on with you today? Hello, hello. That'd be exciting. I need to get like a little map back here and we can start putting pins in it. Or <gasps> yes. Something. How fun would that be? So fun. Well, today we are with Haley and Reed and they have such a fun style and they've really integrated it into their midterm rentals. They have taken their home in California and turned it into a midterm rental. And now they're working on renovating and updating and styling their latest property in Detroit that someday might be a midterm rental as well. So they are so fun and exciting to talk to. And we hope you guys learn something from this episode. We have the privilege to talk with a touring rock band, Reed and Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers. As they tour the country in their self-customized Dodge Promaster with all their music gear, two dogs, and who knows what else, they also bring in passive income through a retro-perfect house hack in California and a fixer-upper in Detroit. Such a fun intro. How are you guys doing today? Great. Thanks. Doing good. Excellent. Well, let's start out with your main gig is to be touring musicians. How cool is that? What is it like? What's life like as a touring musician band? Well, a lot of midterm rental uh, people and just people in general have a lot going on in their lives, whether it's kids and family and career, whatnot. We like to look at our band as an expensive hobby (laughs) that we love to do as two um, proud dog owners, small dog owners. Um, We consider touring to be like our passion, our hobby. We it's a business. We do try to break even. And really, if we can go out on the road, have great adventures, play some great shows, eat some awesome food, local food, and go look at the beautiful architecture in different cities, then we've had a great tour. So that's kind of how we do touring. Um, Love it. Yes. You're making me think of episode 60 with so 12-year-old Sophia. She's into acting, and sh- her goal is to have real estate fund her acting career. So sounds like you two kind of have similar mindsets, just uh, maybe a generation apart. That's awesome. Yes, a little bit older, a little bit, a little bit older, not as not very much wiser. But um, (laughs) uh, yeah, we definitely that's the dream, right? We all want to have something in our lives that can help fund the passions. And absolutely, touring can be expensive. Traveling around in the ProMaster is expensive. But uh, we've found that through um, the California rental, which has been incredible for us first, um, that really gave us some freedom to 
to really explore our dreams of traveling and uh, purchasing another property out in Detroit, Michigan, where we are right now. Um, and so it's really opened us up and Furnish Finders especially um, has opened us up to this like new idea of how we can fund our dreams and still go have adventures and not have a you know the house fall down while we're gone. So it's been it's been a wild ride for sure. Oh yes, and we're going to get there uh, to your portfolio. I'm very excited about it. But before we transition that direction, Reed Haley says you have an impressive bird's eye view of the current market. Uh, what would you like to share? Well, I mean, really, I just track values, um, pay attention to what the trends, directions are. Even short term, you can kind of see differences. Tools like Zillow, solds, uh, what's for sale. Uh, even just walk around the neighborhood to get a feel for it. Talk to neighbors what they think about stuff. Um, so, you know, paying attention to all those things kind of factor into how we choose our the neighborhoods that we're in or the neighborhood that we're right. in currently. Like moving from California to Detroit, I mean, that was really a kind of a wacky. Yeah, in California, <laughs> the real estate market is very different than here. So it takes a little bit of right. research to to understand each market. And, you know, For the sure. house here is, you know, valued 10% where our house in California is, right? So right. it's kind of figuring out what your, mar you know, margins and, and all that kind of stuff. So it just takes a little bit of math and a little bit of paying attention. You can extract some data from the internet, Zillow and such, but you know, even just talking to your neighbors or going to the neighborhood, talking to the coffee shop guy, stuff like that really helps to get a feel for what the neighborhood or area really is. Yeah, I think that's important. You can always do a lot of research online, but there's there's a lot of articles and metrics that are written about entire states or entire markets or even the entire country or the entire real estate market. It's like, these can be so they're not applicable to every single neighborhood or city or state, right? So you really do have to kind of dive down in there. I know um, our one long-term rental is our old house. It's only about two miles away. And just the numbers you see on paper, and then when you know about the neighborhood and the things actually happening there, you know, it sometimes it's a lot better than it looks on paper. Sometimes it's just a lot more challenging than it looks on paper, but it's important to get, you know, all sides of the information. So, all right, I want to hear how you guys got into real estate investing because from musician to property owner and landlord is a pretty contrasting career choices, right? So, I know you guys do them in conjunction. So, let us know kind of how did how did that happen and how did you stumble upon real estate investing? I was working as an architectural designer in San Luis Obispo in about in 2000 uh, just before the crash of 08. And I had a lot of projects going on and all the developers started pulling the, uh, the plug on all the projects. And a lot of the foreclosures and a lot of the Midwest was starting to tighten up. They weren't loan. They were changing a lot of the loan regulations. And so I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, I had credit and uh, some capital and I have a partner who had capital, but no credit. So we went in on a house and got one of the last of the no document loans and bought a house in California. So it was it's a it was a pretty shady loan, um, but it it worked out. We ended up picking up the house. Uh, are we talking numbers here? I don't. I don't. Yes, please. Really sure. Okay, so we picked up the house. They listed it at six hundred and forty thousand. Uh, we went in. The house was an old 
had been used as a daycare facility, and the guy was a uh, the the guy was a like middle school maintenance man. So the house contained a lot of weird industrial repairs from the 1960s that he had brought home from the school. So there was a lot of problems, and they painted each room from it like this funny pastel color to match the stick down Home, De- Home Depot tile they had purchased. <laughs> So there's really weird pastels and pastel floors, and it was really crazy looking, really shabby property. Um, so we lowballed him for 540 and got the house, uh, and then the market crashed. So we had regular renters, and the regular renters lived with us. We had college kids living with us just to cover the bills during the two years. It was a struggle. This is before I met Haley. Okay. Uh, when we met uh, Haley's. We went to Austin and stayed at an Airbnb. Wait, Austin! we still. Yes. <laughs> I do remember the renters. I do remember the the college kids. I was on the tail end that, of that. That's, but... that's what happened. Yeah. She said we stayed in an Airbnb yeah. there, and hey, Haley's like, we don't we don't need these roommates. Let's let's get rid of them and do a little work, and we can just have Airbnb income. This was the beginning of Airbnb, nice. and and you know we all talk about how oh it was such a wild idea, and who who would want to do that, you know. So it was very new in San Luis Obispo, California. Yeah, we were really early. Haley was a really early adopter on that. So we built a little unit and started started renting that out. Um, and then we took the house and split it in half and turned it into a duplex. So it's got three units. It's it's a it was a weird house. It was a five bedroom ranch house on a about a third of an acre in the middle of town. So there was plenty of uh, we don't need a house that big. So we just split it up. And we one was an Airbnb, one was a, a rental, and then we lived in the middle unit. So we got a big, like kind of a smattering of what was available before we found Furnish Finders. And we didn't really, we didn't know about it. <laughs> we wish we had known about it a little bit earlier because Airbnb was great, but there's definitely some downsides to the Airbnb yeah. that we don't have to deal with. with yeah, Furnish for Finder. sure. So definitely. So... Let's jump into, and I'm going to sum it up. So you have a California property that is technically a triplex with a, uh, a- yeah, the one room. I, you know, we don't want to live in it. It's a, it's a, it's really a bedroom <laughs> okay. with a kitchenette and a bathroom. It's, it's, a, you know, your your if your grandma came to visit, that'd be well. Fine, Kelly, but... she has a small space like we do too. Yeah. so she gets it. You wouldn't want to live there <laughs> for a month, though. Yeah, I get like it. I get very it. Very small. Yep. Um, and some people are willing to do that. Like studios are actually one of the most popular uh, rental types on Furnish Finder, studios and one bedroom. So some people really enjoy living in small spaces, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it's like, let's... it's like 120 square feet. Yeah. I mean, it's like a bedroom. Yeah. So. But I mean, yep. she was telling me when on our little promo call that yeah. like that that's right on. That's not just a unique situation. Oh. Everybody loves them. So okay, it's good to yep. know. We just bought a tiny house that's 120 square feet. So we're hoping we're hoping that the travel nurses and medical professionals are are ready to dive in. So it's it's relative. Some people like small spaces, but um, so y'all, this was your first investment property. Um, and you lived in the house and rented out the. Uh, technically, it was a was it a a, DA, a dadu uh, where it's a de- detached ADU. No, everything's attached. There's no. It is attached. No, I have not changed the footprint of the house, so everything is 
same within the same footprint. Okay, great. So how did that experience go? Because I think you rented out the ADU for about six years while y'all were, were living in the home, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. What was that experience like? You know, I, I Haley managed the Airbnb. So I was, yeah, I was managing the Airbnb. I was doing a lot of laundry. I was learning a lot, like a lot of people do, um, having folks come into your house and, you know, into your into your life and and learning about how to best accommodate people. I learned extremely quickly that people really do want a local's perspective and they do want to feel that they're in a space that is tailored to them. Um, very quickly, you know, learned a lot of things about making sure the space is very clean and open for their things and not cluttering it with um, things that you might think are uh, cute <laughs> or things that you, you know, you want to leave a lot of empty shelf space. You want to, you know, make it so that somebody can come in and insert their life into the space. And the space that Reed designed is very, it was very small, very small, um, but, and it did not have a television. Um, it just had a bed, a small bathroom, a small kitchenette, and it was very retro styled. Little patio. Little patio area. We called it the chicken shack for a while because we had chickens roaming around that area and we wanted to... Think of a romantic way to romanticize some of the chicken poop that you might find. And surprisingly, surprisingly, people were very charmed by the chickens. But through that process, we learned a lot about, um, you know, human behavior. And if you price something a little too low, you're, you might get somebody who is going to want to uh, use the space in a less savory way. Like maybe they're trying to have parties. Maybe they're trying to, um, you know, not follow the rules. And so we've just learned through trial and error with that Airbnb, both in the design sense, like I was kind of about to get into that, just the way that Reed designed Please. it. Please. It's so, I, I was just surprised because I thought this is such a small space. And, but if you make the space very for, for the reasons the person is staying there, had like we, we wanted to create a place that was, had solitude, that felt quiet, that felt um, secluded and felt peaceful and the way that he designed it with just the way that the bed where it was facing with the wind with the large um glass door you could speak more to it Reed. Yeah. um i think it it really does pay off to think about how the person is going to be using the space and how to make them feel good in the space which he can speak better too because he's the designer um but it's amazing like a small space can be very popular and it was if it's if it's cute, if it's cool, and if it allows people to come in and really make themselves at home. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder has everything you need to find your next tenant. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees, markups, and commissions, and hello to direct bookings. If you're ready to experience all the benefits renting your property for 30 days or more, head over to FurnishedFinder.com where you can list your property for one low annual price. We make it easy to get started. 
Well, and I like the Kane family motto. You said previously that your superpower is realizing in a market the ability to combine beauty in the design with functionality and thoughtfulness uh, for what your tenants need. And that has turned into a successful motto for you guys. So uh, you started out in uh, short-term rentals, but then when you picked up and moved to Detroit, you decided to switch to mid-term rentals. So what led to that decision? Well, it's hard to flip an Airbnb if you're not on, on site. Um, and by the time you pay somebody to do it, you've lost whatever you made, essentially. So it, it's, there was that necessity. Um, and honestly, the Airbnb, it's just, it's a lot of just weird work versus, <laughs> you know, it, the things we liked about Airbnb is people are really gentle on the space. They're only there for a couple of days. They're not moving in furniture, moving out furniture. They're not having generally parties. Stuff like that. Um, and then when we started with the midterm rentals, we you know we kind of found the same thing, that if it's already furnished, people aren't moving things around, bringing in a bunch of stuff. They just kind of plug in, stay for a bit. Um, and it, it's worked out really well for the last, we've been doing it, I guess, yeah. year and a half. I think you've had about 10 midterm rental guests already, which is amazing. Uh are you using a property manager for everything or just portions of it? What do you have boots on the ground helping with? And what do you manage from Detroit right now? So the real estate market there is very tight. So some of the real estate agents are branching out into property management. And I played uh, soccer with a guy who runs a company and he introduced me to Courtney, who is, a, is doing short, essentially property, property managing uh, short midterm rentals. And so she handles everything. So if there's a problem, she calls me because I'm connected to all the contractors and stuff. So I can make the phone calls to get to pe the people I want there. But she she really does a great job of of managing it. Uh, they take a percent, which is eight percent um, of rent. That's very and, low. That's great. Yeah. So and and well, the rent's very high. I think so. It's it it's fine. Um, um, she also is a big proponent of Furnish Finder and finds. I think pretty much every one of our leads through Furnish Finder. Yeah. So great. Uh, that has been really helpful. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were running the first two or three or four people that we yeah. went through. Through Furnish Finder. And we kind of made mistakes that she, we once we got somebody who was a property manager, she kind of figured out a lot of stuff we didn't even think about and has really been helpful because, you know, we're just diving into this new concept, just shotgun. Yeah. And so she had some experience elsewhere and, and, like the, our deposit was way low. Yeah. So that. the space has a lot of premium finishes. I mean, we have a pink, custom pink terrazzo floor, pink and green, a beautiful handmade kitchen that redesigned with custom walnut cabinets. I mean, he went all out for this house and made it gorgeous. And we were not even asking enough for the deposit to really cover damages. So Although I don't think it, that people necessarily need to have a property manager and we were managing and we were kind of making some mistakes, but we were we probably would have figured it out. Um, for us, it just makes better sense for us. And it worked out well to have somebody there to kind of kind of tell us where we might be uh, having some holes in our our plan. Yeah, we're a long ways from that house right now. So it's it's nice to have somebody man dealing with any problems that might arise. Yeah, but we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, I think out of state and long distance investing is kind of a hot topic right now because there's a lot of people who are either keeping old houses when they're moving to a new area. 
there's also a lot of people who are looking outside of their current market because of current market conditions, right? For one reason or another. So tell us, you have your property manager. That sounds like it's a huge key to your success as far as managing that property from afar. What what other tips do you have for people who are looking to or interested in um, managing a property or even, you know, having a property that's long distance? There's a lot. <laughs> I totally know there's a lot. Our, all of our midterm rentals are 800 miles away from where I live. So it it's like opening a can of worms. But I think it's, you know, I'd love to hear kind of you guys' take on like, what are just some, some tips that our landlords can take and put into action? Well, I think that first of all, doing something like this, there's a level of fear that your investment is going to, you know, somehow get tarnished or something bad's going to happen, a fire is going to start. And that that can be a real fear. Um, but we've realized having a good team in place with having our property manager um, and through Furnish Finder, really getting to know the people that are that are living in the house um, and the caliber of the great people we've met that are professionals or retired. Or there was one couple that just really wanted to be near their grandchildren um, while they were looking to buy a house. Um, I think getting to know who's going to be living there is just takes kind of a load off your mind at first. Um, and then just making sure everything's really well stocked. I mean, we have cleaning supplies in a on-site area. I think that's something that's been talked about quite a bit on the podcast, having just stockpiles of cleaning supplies, um, linens, anything that, that you could think of that your guest might need um, coming into like a furnished space. Uh, we've been we've we've learned and we've made mistakes and we've we've come to a place where we would much rather be over prepared than under prepared especially when you're That's... far away so you know mm-hmm. if something goes wrong and they have we had an issue with a was a, a tree fell down and a fence oh, yeah. and um, That's a big one. Yeah, having people in place where you go I have a plumber, I have a repair person for the dishwasher, I had, I know where all the warranties are like those things are very important and just having those ducks in a row was really important but I'm sure you can speak to some more. Oh, that's about what I was going to say. Yeah. And I think just also making sure the space is, I was very, very anal, <laughs> I don't know of a better word, about ensuring that this space was just very, um, I don't know what the word is, I guess just ready for people to move in. I guess that sounds very yeah. general, but. I spent, I spent yeah. a lot of time, like before we left, I wanted to make sure that everything was essentially bulletproof. So bullet, there you go. The finishes yeah. we are putting in are, you know, stone, t- stone tile on the floors. Um, uh, redid the plumbing line to the city sewer, which has a, you know, that's always a concern with any rental is, is your plumbing system. So I'd replaced all of that. Um, we're really heavy on, you know, tile and countertop. I mean, I've course anything that can be damaged. I can generally repair a general contractor, but you, you don't want to spend that money if you don't have to. So if you put in something right. bulletproof and, you know, some of these cheaper things you get at Home Depot, you're just going to battle it the entire life of it. So mid-grade finishes or or above are always worth it, especially in this, in a market like San Luis Obispo, where it's very expensive to, to, opt to be there, to live there. So we're right. getting a kind of customer that maybe has owned a home before so they treat a little different than maybe somebody who doesn't isn't a homeowner 
but just to make sure that everyone's following along properly right now we've mainly been talking about the california investment property it's within this last year that uh reed and haley have packed up and purchased a home in detroit so we're going to get to the detroit property that is going to be a midterm rental in 2024 so um before we jump over to the detroit property uh are there any shared spaces since there's technically three potential units are there any shared spaces that y'all had to work through in the remodeling process and was it easy to get the approval from your uh, city codes uh, to be able to convert a single family into two du duplexes and an adu or one duplex and an adu Hey landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your midterm rental business? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management. With tenant-paid screenings, online rent payment processing, custom lease creation, and a suite of incredible landlord tools, you'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Visit KeyCheck.com to unlock the power of stress-free property management and take your rental business to new heights. Well, I'd say the entrances was kind of a thing. We wanted to make sure everyone had a private entrance and that was a little difficult, but we made it work and that's just on the part of Reed being very, very capable. Um, he did install a new front door for, you know, the, the second unit. Mm -hmm. And well, obviously, it's that's the first thing you would do. Yeah. So there, there is but, a shared space in the backyard, but yeah. um, it's it's the Spence. backyard is too big to be managed anyway. It's like, like I said, it's a third of an acre. Yeah. So we just kind of created two smaller spaces for each unit that's essentially a fence between them. So that allows each one to be have a little private shared space. But, oh, I will say one thing about the having, you know, multiple units in one place. The thing that really freaked me out and I didn't love was for a time being, there was people, we allowed people to have dogs. And that was, we love dogs. I mean, we travel with our dogs. We have, we go on tour with our dogs. And of course we wanted to, you know, allow that, but to have shared spaces like that and to have animals that may not be best friends sharing a space with a fence, it was just too much. And so that was one mistake we made that we had to correct pretty quickly that I know a lot of um, landlords kind of relate to that it's just an added drama that we just didn't want to deal with on having, you know, the people... If, if they had the house to themselves, it'd be fine. Yeah, the people all got along, but it was like animals, that was a little bit too much. And that was something that we had to contend with with some of the shared the shared spaces that were fenced. Yeah. Um, That's the one nice thing about Furnish Finder is you get to have those conversations ahead of time with your travelers. So, you know, we do some room rentals uh, and we also rent them out as an entire units. And I'm thinking specifically of our temple property has a shared backyard as well. So before I commit to anyone, I'm able to pick up the phone and have a conversation and say, hey, are you traveling with pets? If you are traveling 
with pets? Are they aggressive? Are they going to be good with, you know, someone, a stranger walking into the backyard that you'll get to know over time, but are they going to be super barky in the backyard that might you know, distract a traveling medical professional that sleeps during the day. So that's the really nice thing about Furnish Finder is you can have those conversations and make those decisions once you've talked to them uh, and really for what's best for their experience uh, and the other the, the others in your shared space as well. Yeah, I agree. Furnish Finder lets you kind of control the gray area. Um, our, our properties are pet, for the most part, pet friendly, but I had an inquiry where someone had four large dogs and I was like, I would love to be able to make this potential lead work, but ours are small units. So I was like, you let, there's no way, there's no way. And we have other properties where, you know, we're okay with dogs, but not cats because of the, just the situation. There's some properties that we can take an emotional support animal or a service dog, but not just like a normal pet. So Furnishment allows you to, like Kelly said, like dive in and understand those differences and have those conversations to make sure it'll be a fit. So sounds like that has served you guys as well, which is great. That's been incredible. And we really like, you know, when we first were looking at the, at the Furnish Finder site, we saw that when people put in their inquiry or who about them, they'll say like, I have a, a hamster which was one. Yeah, I was like, they had a guinea pig. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about that. But they list what they have and you can kind of pick, you can kind of say like, well, this person works or this person doesn't. This person has a dog. This, you know, so that was a really cool thing that's on there um, versus Airbnb where they just show up and they, they're like, oh, I brought my dog. I'm like, okay, right. that's, that's okay. But we have dogs that are they're chihuahuas, but they're mean. So- rescue things so yeah it's it's nice that you the furnish finders has that set it's, kind of built in it's good for the tenant too because sometimes you just want to hop on the phone and say hey how's it going i'm going to just give you a rundown of this property this is where what it is because you can write all day on the furnish finder website and it's wonderful and there's photos but nothing compares to talking to that person and saying okay this is what the shared situation is how do you feel about that and like seeing if it is a fit for them as well so that we're making sure that it's, you know, maybe they, they don't want to share a fence and that's a deal breaker because they want to walk around naked outside. I don't know. That's fine. But, you know, um, I really value knowing that whoever we're bringing in is also like very excited and feels comfortable and can really feel at home in the space. So it's just sure. I, I do like that communication. It's very authentic and it's not weird. I feel like with Airbnb, it'd be so strange to call them and say, oh, this is what's going on. Like you just wouldn't do that. So. Uh, I want to make sure and pass along to all hosts out there to keep in mind as well that we heavily educate travelers, especially our medical professionals, on this importance of safety and how to vet a landlord and know that they are not a scammer and you know are going to take care of you as well as we want to take care of our guests, right? And so... Um, if you get one of those questions like, hey, can I get a tour of the home? Just know that might be one reason that they're asking is they're trying to add some validity and some uh, verification that you are who you say you are and that the home that they're renting is, you know, looks like the pictures. So just keep that in mind and be ready if someone seems a little bit skeptical from the renter side, how you're going to respond to them and 
having you know in on your gap days taking a video of the place with you in it or having a professional video or katie you know has recommended matterport which is free and can walk you through the home as well so don't let those uh and i'm preaching to myself as well don't let those flip days escape you where you can really capitalize on things like that so that next time you have a renter in there and someone would like to see the home you have a way to show them the home without being there yeah professional sure. photos very important <laughs> yes <laughs> very important and that's actually something when i'm looking at your california property on furnish finder the style is so fun and so different and so distinct. And I'm very curious to know how that has made an impact on keeping it occupied. Um, Kelly and I have talked about before how, you know, you can attract different types of tenants with different types of furnishings. Um, I have a blue velvet couch in one of my properties that is nearly 100% responsible for two of our tenancies. Um, because they just loved it's a couch. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. So I would love to hear a little bit about that and just how that has made an impact because your place is so cute. It's so cute. And you can tell that you did not skimp on styling and furnishings and it's awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. I'll let Reed take most of this, but I just want to say the one philosophy that he taught me was that, and I don't know where you learned this, maybe it was in some sort of school or I don't know, but like everything that the guest touches, tactile things should feel um, real. They should feel organic. Like they should feel nice. Like nobody likes to sit on a bed that's like a polyester bedspread. No offense if you guys are using that. It's fine. But and I, I get it. But for the guests, it's like they want nice cotton. They want to feel, um, you know, they want to feel like they're in it. This is this is just a philosophy that yeah, I, you always know, talks I, about. I, I, Jim Reynolds was the original owner of Pete's Coffee, if you know who that, what that is. And what I was working, doing some work with him. And the big philosophy of his when I was designing and building the coffee shops for them is that he thought all the guests should only touch natural materials, whether it's wood, stone, that they shouldn't. <clears throat> the, the experience, should, he says it's very subtle, but you, you notice when you're touching laminates or plastics or... So it, it, it also adds warmth and, and a kind of a natural feel to things, so... That that's a part of the design philosophy, um, which is very fancy, and we recognize you're. It's very privileged to say that you can do that. Yeah, you know that's not what everybody can do. But in our in our situation, it was part of what made our rental unique, and I think it does bring out people that are interested in staying in a place that feels slightly more luxurious and may have um, a reference point for the mid century design that they kind of lived through it, honestly, because a lot of our our renters are a little bit older. So we may be attracting those people that um, can kind of appreciate the timelessness of those kind of designs. Sure. I mean, that's and what I think. Yeah. And on that house, it's a, it's a 1964 ranch, California ranch home. So I just kind of lean into the the era of whatever I'm working on generally. So, you know, that we'll get to that with the Detroit house, which is a 26, 1926. So we leaned into the like modernism of the 60s, which is different than your imaginary 1950s modernism or the current white on white situation so all right i've got we just, we just i'm sorry i said I, i've got one kind of thing that stuck out with me is when you said that you know it's privileged to be able to buy all these high quality yeah. organic items even if you buy one or two 
even yes. if you're like starting out and you're on a budget and you get, you know, that highlight piece and then maybe you add another high quality piece every six months. This doesn't yes. have to be, all be done out of the gate. You can start with some Ikea stuff, some Wayfair stuff, and you can get yep. elevating there. So I think, you know, why and we did. I want to actually, that's, thank you so much for bringing that up because as we were talking about it, I'm like, this sounds so fancy. We're not fancy in the sense that we spent an entire year in this Detroit house sleeping on a mattress on the floor um, so that we could get the money together to buy beautiful wallpaper and to make this beautiful, to be a space for someone else to live in sometime. So it's not like uh, we have all this at our disposal, but we started with Ikea. We buy nice organic, 100% um, cotton sheets from like Target. So you can find good quality materials if you're just looking at the tags and making sure that things, you know, have a little bit higher quality. And like you said, you certainly don't have to go out and buy a bunch of vintage stuff to get a great vintage feel. And to what you said about the couch, it's the funniest thing, but people do respond to color and that can just be so, um, I don't know, it, I, color is joy. So if you're going to add a little joy to your space not everyone's going to react to it the same way, but some people are just going to be like just so happy that they saw that blue couch and think I'm going to sit there and read my book and have my coffee in the morning. And it just comes back to this idea of like creating a space that not only you would want to be in, but you could just imagine um, it being kind of like magical for whoever's coming in. And to create that magic, you don't have to spend a lot of money. And we definitely find ways to to cut corners. Sure. And I think yeah. you treat it a little like a, a, a Disneyland experience, right? So if you live in a home, you people tend to choose safe things. But I, I don't really like safe so much, so we design weird stuff. And <laughs> since you're only there on the short term, you're perfectly cool with it being weird and quirky and unusual. Um, maybe you don't want to live in your own house like that. That's cool. But it, if you, it's like, wow, this is a weird vacation house. Yeah. So it makes it fun to have unusual design or unusual well let's go ahead and do transition to the home you're in the D detroit property we'll take about five more minutes uh and talk about detroit what led you to purchase in detroit having been living in california and uh, you did want to get into how this style is a little different than your uh 60s style i think this one you're theming more around the 20s and 30s probably to match the home so first why detroit and second tell us about the style for this one while we were on tour and we were touring the midwest and we were playing all these wonderful venues and a lot of them ended up being um, in the Detroit area, as specifically uh, a small area called Hamtramck, which used to be a Polish community. Um, it's a very old historic. It's technically a city within the city of Detroit, but it's essentially a borough. It's two square miles, and it's a very quirky little town. But we're on the border. We're technically in Detroit. But but we but all these great music venues are in Hamtramck. So that's kind of how we stumbled upon the area, thinking wow, this is a really unique area. A lot of artists are coming in because it's affordable and the rents are affordable. And and um, <laughs> um, uh, Reed uh, was in Oakland in the 90s and he always talks about how he saw this magic kind of coming in, um, this kind of artist, people, artists coming in, creative people coming in and seeing how Oakland developed over the years. But he remembered what it was like right before that development started happening and nice. so he was feeling that in this area. Sometimes it's like you just get a feeling for a place, right? That I got that, a feeling. 
Yes, right. I was thinking, this is a gift you guys have. I never get a feeling for a place. <laughs> so this may be bad advice, but hey, maybe for listeners out there that maybe you're the kind of listener that you go to a neighborhood and you think, oh, this is such an interesting art gallery or coffee shop, or I'm noticing that there's young people and artists coming into this community and bringing life to it. And obviously, we are not for gentrification. That's a whole other story. But there is something to be said about... Um, some a place being affordable enough that creative people can come in with a can-do attitude and start new businesses and start invigorating a place. And Detroit is a unique place in the sense that it certainly it's been on the revigorating train since 2014-15, I would say. Yeah. Um. So we could feel that energy. And I think you would have felt that energy, Katie, if you were there, because you can feel it. You can feel it. And I always feel like- Let's hope so. And you talk to locals <laughs> and they complain about how the real estate market has been taking off and houses are still $80,000 you know, they, we, t- we tell people in the neighborhood, Oh, we paid $80,000 for the house. They're like, Oh my God, that house 10 years ago was tw- like 15,000, $20,000. I'm like, well, it's a, it's a, sounds like a good investment. Then right. things are on the upward trajectory and high occupancy rate and a lot of people. And yeah, we, we talked to a lot of people. We talked to neighbors. Detroit is interesting in that it is neighborhood by neighborhood. And one of the main things to look for for Detroit is a high occupancy rate and to make sure there's not abandoned houses or burned down houses or empty lots. That's usually uh, an indicator of um, a place that is definitely being it's in the it's going to be hopefully rebuilt. It's going to be rejuvenated, but that may take a whole community of people to do that. So we we came into a neighborhood where the community was vibrant very vibrant immigrant community here, wonderful businesses that were already established, very, very low house prices. And we we bought a house that needed a lot of work because- yeah, The worst, the worst know, house in the, the nicest the work we could afford. Classic. Worst house in the nicest neighborhood we could afford, essentially. There you go. There you go. That's a good motto. And let's, uh, let's make sure and wrap up with uh, that style. Did we talk about it yet? Like why y'all are doing more of a 20s, 30s theme to this one versus a 60s theme? Well, I I spent a lot of time on the California house. And when we moved here, Haley wanted to design a house. So I was nice. let her loose. She liked <laughs> the idea of the 30s stuff, did a tire research. Um, so she's been designing it and I've just been kind of executing it. Well, when a space is very small, you kind of have to look at what makes it charming. We've talked a little bit about like small spaces and um, there's charming little arches and there's um, a coziness. And oh, this house is just, it's like a thousand. Yeah, feet. it's small. There's coved ceilings. There's a sense of um, coziness, right? So it's like working with what you have. And so we thought, I think a, a small little 20s, we call it the gnome domicile, sort of storybook, 20s or 30s, sort of like a plush gnome, like a very like um, a, a hipster gnome would live here. So uh, we were just trying to create a space that we felt like would be fun for somebody to, you know, a, a traveling professional nurse, what have you, to spend some time here in Detroit and to experience like the historical nature of Detroit. Um, coming from California, where the oldest buildings are like 1960s sometimes and stucco to a place where there are so many historic houses. It was really fun to kind of stay with it. Yeah. And it still is fun to stay with that. And we're still working on it. I love that. Okay. So what are, what are your plans to get this one as a midterm rental? Like you, you're living in it now, you're putting in the elbow grease, you're making it beautiful. You're leaning into the 
you know, the age of the home. What are your plans to make this a midterm rental if you do have those plans? That is a program in progress. In progress. So we have to have a place to land after this. Um, so I, I'm not, we're not, we're not fully sure what the plan is. The plan is to create. That's okay. We're going to keep listening to this podcast because <laughs> hey. every single podcast has so much information is so oh, good. useful. Um, I think, um, uh, yeah, we're going to have to figure it out. Uh, we are leaving for California for about five months. Um, coming up we're gonna leave for the winter and we have somebody coming in to stay just while we're gone the house isn't finished yet so it's not necessarily a it's kind of like a friend kind of house sitting for us um so we're gonna ask her some questions when we get back about the house too and say like how did it feel um what do you what do you see here like if you know what were some of the pain points right um and kind of see what her user experience is because like i said we we spent a long time just kind of living on the floor here um trying to get this this house was in a bad shape when we got into it and so the way we see it is just sort of like oh my gosh i can't believe it's like coming together <laughs> um it'll be nice to come back and look at it with new eyes and think about it that way but we do have um, but this, a fr- yeah go ahead i was gonna say this is cool because you're not quite house hacking right but you're also it's like a burr and for those who not who aren't familiar with burr it's where you buy rehab rent refinance repeat but it's kind of, so you guys are kind of doing a burr, but you're like living in it, and it's kind of like a hack a burr. I love right? that. Like I where you're it. like you're like okay, we're gonna live in this while we rehab it, and then we're gonna like figure it out, rent it somehow. We're not sure where we're gonna land next, and I think that's also a message that's not heard enough is that I don't know what's next for this, and that's okay, right? We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna see where we land. We've been listening to the podcast and we've, you've kind of convinced us to shoot for that triplex quad thing. So mm-hmm. that seems to be what's awesome. Oh, to then you guys one? could just, you yeah. could start in one unit, fix it up, yes. move yeah. to the next unit, fix yep. it, and you mm-hmm. could just <laughs> keep moving you, next you door. Guys gave us, you guys gave us that idea. That's what, one well, thing about that. the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to just say, like, even though Reed has a design background and I love design, we're, this is all new to us. Like, we, we, I never saw myself as being a landlord. Um, I didn't have any experience with any of this stuff. Uh, you know, so we're, we're learning as we go, just like everybody else. And, you know, every, every new place we go, we're adapting. It's a long, it's a long game. It's the long game yeah. too. So, so yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Well, we appreciate everything you guys have shared today. Uh, I think it's great. What we try to do on our show is alternate and and share stories from those who have been in the industry a long time, have multiple midterm rentals. And then we alternate it with those just getting started because it's good to hear from both perspectives. And sometimes people relate more to those that are just getting started because they're in the same boat. So thanks for everything you've shared today. I think what would be cool is y'all combine your artsy side and in this fun, I think you called it a gnome the something. gnome domicile. Yeah. The gnome domicile. Pretty sure you're gonna have to make a book that tells about <laughs> Haley and the Crushers uh traveling uh to the the gnome domicile or like some cool story like that. That would be fun. And can you guys just get like a few gnomes and just hide them throughout the house? And it could be like a game for your travelers, like find all the gnomes. 
Yes. And I've told everyone in my family to do that. So you are so right on. (laughs) We've been telling (laughs) people, if you find gnomes, let us know. Like, you know, totally. (laughs) Well, (laughs) why don't you let everyone know uh, if they would like to connect with you on the real estate side or listen to your uh, music, how you would like them to connect? Oh, my goodness. Well, yes, we would love to connect with people on the real estate side, because as you know, we're trying to build our empire here. <laughs> One step <laughs> at a time. <laughs> um, you can contact us at um, HaleyVKane at gmail.com. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y, V as in Victor, C-A-I-N at gmail.com. And if you'd like to listen to our music, honestly, any streaming platform, Haley and the Crushers, just make sure there's two Y's, H-A-Y-L-E-Y and the Crushers. And you'll find us on Spotify, Apple Music, all those good places. YouTube, Instagram. We're on there. You'll find us. Awesome. Well, go listen to Haley and the Crushers. And as always, thanks for being here. We bring you new midterm rental guests every week. Enjoy, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everyone. All right. And we're going to let Haley's music take us out here. Here we go. She tries like she's running for Zen.